This morning, I am very honored to host with the Education Committee, the Professional Development Committee, which I'd like to recognize. If you're on the Professional Development Committee, please stand up so we can thank you for this great program and all of the other ones coming this year. The first question I'm gonna ask everybody on the panel is to please come forward. Rob Buffington, uh, Berkshire Hathaway, Tommy Raines, Chris Dean with Gateway to Homes, Keller Williams, Laura DeLong with Laura DeLong Realty, Stella Boak with Real, Remax Real Estate Professionals, Karen Wybrew and Terry Lasky with Coldwell Banker Hubble Briarwood. Let's give them a round of applause. Adrian Lau could not be here this morning. She is under the weather, so if you see her or talk to her, please give her your best. Okay. We have a series of questions this morning for our panel. A few of the panel members will answer each question. Each panel member will not answer every question. And throughout the next hour, you will be enlightened with professionalism, a drive for community service, and seeking higher learning. That's one thing other than top producing superstars that this panel has in common. They give back to their community, they believe in higher education, they're awesome at customer service, and they are true professionals. So without further ado, we will start the questions off with, do you happen to have a pocket listing under 100,000? <laughs> that we can show later today. We'll, we'll actually leave the meeting early and go show it. So, okay. The spring market is crazy. Did any of you leave your house this morning with your children or significant others saying, for the love of God, will you please get a new listing today? So, it's my pleasure again to introduce our panel. And our first question is, when and how do you set your goals and develop your plan of action? How and when do you set your goals and how do you develop your plan of action? Hi, Rob. <laughs> okay, so what we do is every December we take a look at what we did the prior year, what worked, what didn't, and that's uh, basically the time that we set our goals for the coming year. And uh, we look at all the different systems that we have in place, and then we either eliminate them or put new ones in place depending on our goals for the next uh, calendar year. Same thing with me. At the beginning of the year, end of the year, I decide how I did last year, uh, what I met, what I didn't meet, and what I wanted to go forward in the future, who will be working with me, and how we'll handle all the details that way. So we do have a form that we use in the office that helps us better organize where we were monthly, too. It's good to look at it monthly, not just once a year. That's kind of what I was going to add. I, I, too, look at my goals and set them for the year before the year begins always. So, you know, you start looking at them in November, December. But by, and on January 1st, I sit there and I write them all down. And I keep, I have to have them written. They have to be written. And I have to review them periodically throughout the year. Monthly is really good so that you can stay on track. Because if you wait for six months and then start to look at it, you just lost six months of the market. And, and who knows if that's coming back. So... Always review them, keep an eye on them, and keep going. Other than, your, other than your sphere of influence, your database, your card-carrying fan club, where do you find new business? Volunteer opportunities, community involvement. I'm involved with McLaren Hospital, so you support their outings. You support the functions, and when someone comes in town, they think of you. Okay. I do advertising for leads on the main public websites, Zillow and Realtor.com. That's been pretty successful for me. Uh, a lot of the um, success, I think, is having a good profile on those websites, having lots of reviews, have past clients write reviews, 
and um, having a good profile set up. Also, make sure everybody knows you're selling real estate. Don't hide in the closet. You know, I'll, when you're standing in line at a, a waiting to check out or, you know, strike up a conversation anywhere with someone, just let it be known that you're a realtor and not pushy in any way, but you'd be surprised how often people respond to that in a good way. Live your life in such a way that people want to do business with you. So when you're just out in your everyday whereabouts, make sure, like she said, people know that you sell real estate and be the person that you're, um, people want to deal with. Um, I too agree. It's it's all about being involved in the community and different organizations. I'm very involved in my at my church um, in, in uh, Grand Ledge, and people know that, and I get a lot of business out of that. But lately, more lately, it's been all about Facebook. And I don't know how you guys use it, but I'm having so much fun with it, just posting things, and people are emailing me, and I got another lead on Sunday, and the, the, the guy's ready to buy right now. So right off of Facebook, I mean, social media is, is our new best tool, I think. Chris had dinner at Carabas last night, and her 11-year-old uh, <laughs> received an award at school. So I pay attention. We, um, <clears throat> excuse me, we have multiple pillars of business uh, outside of our sphere and our data and our normal database that we work. Uh, Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, Homes.com, all of the online lead and uh, social media platforms. We market on all those. We also have geographic farms. We have mailers that go out every single month to different uh, neighborhoods that have a good turnover. Uh, have relationships with the... Um, uh, divorce and estate attorneys, a lot of times they'll, um, I mean, I just do, and they give you leads. Um, open houses, uh, you're always being interviewed. So whether that's a buyer coming in or neighbors coming in, you're always being interviewed. So just remember that when you're at open houses. And Rob always wears very fancy shoes. What motivates you? What inspires you and motivates you? Thanks, Rob. Uh, for me, it is what motivates me is my family and my children. And it is a long day from the beginning to the end. There's a lot of people to keep happy and a lot of work to do. So what always grounded me and kept me excited about going to work was knowing what was waiting at home. And it was really important. We, we never miss the kid things. And everybody knows I like to work, you know, 17 hours a day and such. But you got to prioritize what is most important for me, and that was the kids and my husband. So that's what motivates me. I'd say knowing that I'm helping people with the most, most people, with the, the largest investment of their life, um, that's, um, that helps keep me going. Uh, most people, you know, they buy a house, you know, maybe a couple times, you know, in their lifetime, but to know that you're helping people out, I struggled with that early on in my career and, uh, it's the biggest investment of most people's lives. So I take that seriously. You stole my thunder, <laughs> the family. <laughs> My family motivates me. Um, making people happy motivates me. Buyers and sellers sitting at that table, big old smiles on their faces. Um, networking with other realtors, with all of you and all my friends. And I leave one of these sessions here and I go out there and I'm like ready to, to do some real estate. But right now, because I've been in the business a long time, like quite a few of you here, some of you here, um, right now what's motivating me is a, a, my plan for retirement. And uh my future move to the Caribbean when I'm done when I'm done, when I'm done selling real estate in Lansing, Michigan. So that's, that's it. inspiring. Yeah. So. I'm inspired to make the world a better place, and I want. It's always my goal to have people feel better when they walk away from me than when they approached me. I'm inspired to have people to help people realize their greatness. And, of course, to take great care of my clients and know that they're loved and appreciated. 
I think that um, they've pretty much covered it, but my motivation is hearing the gratefulness and appreciation in happy clients um, after they've closed and, and knowing that you've truly worked in their best interest and they understand that and appreciate that. That's my reward and um, um, inspiration. I think it's just the joy when some, you know, you're working with a first time home buyer or a grandparent coming to be near a, a family. It's just not all, not all transactions are, are easy, but usually at the closing when you see everybody talking and excited, that makes it all worthwhile. I hope all of you are inspired for volunteering for this morning and taking time out of your busy schedules because we're grateful that you are here. Um, how do you stay in touch with your past clients and your sphere of influence, your database, your buyers, and your sellers with all of the different communication venues in this world and all of the people? How do you stay in touch with everybody? I'm finding out text is really easy um, at a stoplight, which you shouldn't be doing. But, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, we just did a ninja training. It was talking about communication. I'm, I'm a big one for email and text, but the program brought up the importance of that uh, personal note, that phone call. And I'm not good at calling. I'm much better at texting, but I found that do you have time later? Maybe we can you know, catch up or get a cup of coffee. So making a little bit more of an effort to do face-to-face -face instead of just text and email. All right, well, when they asked us to be a part of the panel, I didn't understand the question, and I thought they wanted us to talk about top producer. <laughs> Seriously? So, you know, because I am not techie, um, I do use top producer, however, for my database, and it can do an awful lot for you other than just keeping a name and a phone number. You can create charts with it. You can create reports with it. You can follow up and whatnot. So I do love top producer. You can have it on your phone. So if you need to get anybody. Um, the other thing I do is I do do a monthly newsletter. I do a mailing to my clients each month, each month, and I do a calendar and an end of the year, somewhat of a card gift for them as well. We use Top Producer too, and <clears throat> Top Producer will flash five people every single day that you need to reach out to. Whenever you refresh it, it's kind of a neat, it's uh it's a CRM on steroids, so if you're not used to it, there is so much that you could do with it, uh, but I don't really use only, I only use a couple functions that it has, uh, but it helps me stay top of mind with people. We use, um, I have an actual audience in Facebook that I've created. They're all past clients and uh, people that know, like, and trust me. So I use that to keep in contact with people. We also uh, do monthly mailers, uh, and then we do, um, I do handwritten Christmas cards every year at the end of the year. Uh, it's a lot of time and energy, but I always have people that come up to me and like, oh man, you hand wrote, and I always put a special note in there for each person. People like it. Uh, and then we do a client appreciation event every spring. Uh, this year we're doing Jump House, uh, the uh, District 5. And I've heard you on the radio many times. For years and years, and everybody will remember, some of my friends will remember, I sent out calendars for Christmas, and they were the little calendars that get attached to the refrigerator with a magnet on them, and um, I, I don't know, everybody told me about it. Everybody told me, every morning when I get my milk out of the refrigerator, I see Chris's face right there. I love it. And um, those worked really well for me. But, um, and, and again, it was a handwritten note. It was always a Christmas card with a note, and here's your calendar. And people would write me back and say, thanks for your calendar. Now it's more, again, I go back to Facebook. I mean, I am friends with all my clients on Facebook, and I just keep up with them. I see what they're doing, what their family's doing, what their grandkids are doing, and I comment on them once in a while, and then I, and then I tap into them and say, hey, you know anybody else that wants to buy or sell some real estate? So... There's so many tools out there to use, and it just get a, get a system going that works for you and, and use it. 
I got a comment to make on that. I went to a Berkshire Hathaway conference uh, about a week and a half ago. One of the speakers was talking about commenting on your clients or friends or family or whatever their, their post. All of their friends see that comment. So rather than going on there for five minutes a day and just liking a bunch of stuff, if you just place a sincere comment on there, everyone that they're friends with, they're seeing your face. So that's important. How do you stay current with technology and what tech tools do you use the most? Terry is a real techie. <laughs> she is. She knows more about technology than I do. It's, um, I enjoy going to Inman Conference. Um, it's where every new tech startup development um, idea comes together, uh, it's New York City or San Francisco. But I take my iPad, I take my phone, and as I'm, I'm listening to, I mean, there's been um, um, Rupert Murdoch, um, all the guys from Selling New York or Millionaire Listing. But all these ideas, uh, they, they come on, on the stage for like five minutes, go over their product, you sit there and download it, try it, you use the things that work, the things that don't work. But I think I save so much time just with um, like a business uh, app called Expensify. I see everybody going through all their receipts and I'm just categorizing it on my phone. So Inman to me is, um, and there's an Inman newsletter, an Inman um, blog, so I think it's all about, especially with working all of the young buyers with technology, you need to know what they're talking about and, and the best way. They're reading all these articles, so you better be up to date on it too. Any other thoughts on technology? They're both working. We. I also like to go to conferences and just learn what's new, the latest and greatest. I uh, typically go to NAR and Inman. Um, a couple things that I use daily are the Inman app. I look at that news every single day because there's always something fresh on there and something new, and you should be, um, you know, stay current on tech on that news. The other thing is I use uh, bankrate.com. I have that app on my phone, and every single morning I know what the interest rates are. And if you're working with buyers, you should have that. One thing that's out there for us that I don't know if everybody's using this or not, and this is maybe off the subject a teeny bit, is just the technology that the GLAR has offered us through the new Flux system, which I am embracing myself. There's a lot there, not just for showing and finding buyers and whatnot. And the other thing is that showing time is phenomenal. I mean, that changed my life. So I don't know if you're using those tech tools that are free and available for you. Um, they are wonderful. Um, on the where it says help is where all the tutorials are. If you haven't seen it, it's wonderful. And I do one or two a week. They take anywhere from two minutes to fifteen minutes, and they just show you so much about the system and how it can be used. I've learned so much right here at this association and all the education that they provide weekly, monthly, annually. Take take the time to come to these because, first of all, it is part of your con ed. I mean, you get con ed the easy way, I think. And it's topics that you want to hear. Just pick and choose what do you want to hear. Do you want to hear about surveys or appraisers or assessors? Just watch watch what's coming out because these sessions are good. The WCR business meetings are also good if you're involved with WCR. Once a month we have a great business meeting, and they bring the techies in, and they teach us all about different th different apps on our phones and stuff. Um, and, and again, Nara and Inman are perfect too, so everybody's got some good ideas. And by the way, you cannot delete your expired or sold listings from your phone for showing time. Go to your laptop or computer and then archive them from there. I learned that yesterday. Okay. What's very important in our panel has old school techniques, face-to-face, 
world-class customer service, which will never be replaced with technology. So everyone on this panel balances today's technology with old school customer service. This will always be a people business. And that's just one thing I wanna point out. They have the balance between old fashioned customer service and today's technology. Right? That was my stall until I find out what the next question is. <laughs> what do you give back? There's so much, so maybe the highlights. All of you give back to your communities. You do so much volunteer work. You're part of groups, organizations, clubs, and you truly care about your community. What are a few of the highlights of what you do to give back to your community? Uh, well, I can't really uh, say, speak for the, my team members. I personally am plugged in with the City Rescue Mission. I know the um, director there pretty well, and I serve lunch there uh, once a month. have done it for a number of years. I enjoy it. I enjoy what they do for our community, and that's just one way that I, I like to give back. Well, when my kids were in school, I was well, well connected within the school, and I encourage you to do that. Um, be involved, go, go into the school and try to volunteer and whatnot. The, the neatest thing I did is we did a fundraiser, and we sold golf balls, and we rented a helicopter. And I'll never forget that, because that money really meant a lot for the school, for their uniforms and such. And when that helicopter went over and dropped those golf balls, I'll never forget that. It was pretty cool. So go outside the box on some things that you, you know, try to be different. We're all different, and that's what makes us unique and what makes us successful in our own right. Be yourself. Find the things that are important and you're passionate about. I'm working on something this year that'll be called Stuff the Bus, and we're going to try to get a bus full of coats and mittens, and people do it in certain ways, but I do have something that's close to the heart that we're going to deliver that to down in downtown Detroit. So different things, you know, try different things. Thanks. I donate to every cause that walks into my office and asks for help. I pay attention on Facebook to our community members, to see what's happening with them and reach out when I see that someone is struggling. We support the senior center. We, we do the parades and, and give out fun things in the parades like popsicles and try to be different. And I open my office to just let people use it for birthday parties and baby showers and stuff like that. Just loving at them. My um, favorite program is Children's Miracle Network. Um, I am a strong believer in that all the money is kept local at Sparrows Children's Hospital. Um, I actually donate a portion of every one of my commission checks to Children's Miracle Network. Uh, we, um, as an office, help man the phones at the telethon there. Um, just a wonderful organization that I believe strongly in. Um, another um, program is Women's Council of Realtors, WCR. They have four events every year to raise money for charity. Each event is typically uh, the money goes to a different charity. So that's a great, fun way to uh, network with uh, other realtors and also do things for a good cause. I end up giving a lot of money. <laughs> and we appreciate it. I love to volunteer um, so much so that my mom told me before she passed away that some you have to learn to say no once in a while. But um, I, I, I'm like, Laura, I don't give as much as when somebody asks me to do something. I, I like love to get involved. I love to help with fundraisers. But the thing I'm going to talk about, and this is my little plug here for... Uh, something in our realtor community. I totally believe in RPEC. I'm extremely passionate about it. And we didn't have this plan, but Chris, here's your check from me to RPEC for $100. Oh, thank you, Matt. That's great. 
great. Another participant. Yes, I love that. Stop um, bothering me for a donation. <laughs> I finally gave the check this year, okay? We have slips available if anybody wants to make their investment today. It's um, the investment in our career, in our profession. We are realtors. And our pack supports all of us and homeowners. I mean, homeowners couldn't really afford to buy houses if there wasn't RPEC out there fighting for that mortgage interest deduction every single year that comes up and has to be fought for. So I, I won't go on and on. You guys know I love RPEC, but um, that's what I volunteer in because my heart's there. When did you realize that you needed help? You needed an assistant. You needed a team. You needed... You just needed help, which is a sign of strength. Needing help is not a weakness. It's a sign of strength. When did you realize you needed help? Well, like right now? Rob's the techie one up here. Um, it was Miss Debbie Barnett that helped me with that. And uh, we used to work together, and she'd let me cover for her. And it was really fun. She'd go away and... I'd tell her everything I did when she was gone, <laughs> but uh, at about a $3 million. So when you're selling $3 million, you're going to just start feeling a little bit like, you know, I don't care what you have written down or what form or what app or whatever, you're going to start feeling a little bit like, oh, where am I need to be this afternoon? So $3 million is a good target. And I remember the first person that started working with me that day, because it is a commitment, and I'm like, what am I going to have this person do? The minute you get that first person, and I have people that help in different ways, too. I don't just have, I, right now, I don't have anyone in the office full-time. But I have an errand person, that is huge. You know, someone you can give a list to, to run out and do this, that, and the other thing. So there's lots of ways you can get help to give you more time during the day. And Mike Kevron had another great idea. Uh, long ago, he said, figure out what you're worth an hour or what you're making an hour. And then, if you can afford it, hire people to do other things for you that will make you more productive to do the things you're really best at. And that's helping your clients and your customers and such. So, a couple ideas. But this is the same thing. I was going to tell you guys the whole hourly thing. Figure out if you can hire someone at $10 an hour and you're maybe making 50 you actually have to sit down and figure out how many hours you're working per week and then, uh, you know, do the math and figure out how much you're worth an hour in order for it to make sense. Someone told me a long time ago, if you don't have an assistant, you are the assistant. So uh, just keep that in mind. Uh, we have a full-time admin in our office, and it's, it's huge. I couldn't do everything that we're able to do without having her. It just would not, would not work. I would crash and burn. For me, it wasn't so much about the dollar. It was about how many properties was I handling, how many properties did I have buyers or sellers on, and when I got to 30 properties that had deals going and I was helping or I was doing 30 properties, I thought, I'm about ready to lose it here. I can't keep up with it. I don't know where I'm supposed to be or who I'm supposed to call or what I'm supposed to be doing. So at 30, I started to think about it. Then through actually women's council and some education that I had about how to hire an assistant, I had to start writing down all the things that if I had an assistant, what would I want that assistant to do and how much would I pay him and, and how could they help me? And so I, oh, between the time I had 30 and 40 properties, I had put together a whole list of things that I was looking for an assistant. And the day I hit 40 properties, I, I said, that's it. I'm hiring somebody. So you, you have to have, my point is you have to have whatever it is, if it's dollar amount or whatever, you have to, A, first you have to be consistent because just making the, or selling $3 million one year doesn't, doesn't make you $3 million. But, but if you're doing it routinely, then put a plan together and have that plan in place because you don't want to hire an assistant and then say, what am I going to do with her, them? What are they going to do? So that's the way I did it. I don't know. Mine, when I did it, it wasn't based on volume or dollar amounts. It was, I'm working 16 hours a day. I can't keep up and I need some help. And we just keep adding more people as we're all giving it all our, our all, doing the best we can do, and adding more people as we need to. In addition to what they talked about with your hourly rate, if you can pay someone, I look at it based on 
what is my goal for this year and how much do I need to make each day to reach that goal? So if your goal each day is to make 2500 a day and you're entering a listing that you can be paying somebody $15 an hour to do that, look at each task that you're doing. Is that heading, is that making you $2,500 today? Yes or no? If you can pay somebody $15 to do it, then pay somebody $15 and you go do what's going to get you to your goal. I do things a little bit differently. Um, I don't have an assistant, but I like, but I, I pay to have things done as needed so that I don't feel the responsibility to keep somebody busy like in January, February. But I also like to work with a lot of the newer agents in our office. And if I can refer out, you know, something that's not in my expertise, I like helping them. You know, it benefits me. And I find out if I help them, they're more than willing to cover for me, help me out with something, and, and forming relationships, not an actual team, but people you work together well with. I think this is a good um, group of people to show that all realtors don't all have the same goals. They don't all necessarily need to be... Um, more is better. Um, I don't have an assistant, and I've thought about it a lot and always come back to I want to be organized. I want to help the people that I'm helping myself and uh, work truly with them and for them, but as it gets, my, my goals and what I look for is being content, being happy, and that will go over to the client, follow over to the clients. And I don't think having an assistant and having the book work involved and the, um, you know, the taxes, all everything that goes with expanding your business to have someone work for you really isn't what I want. So everybody's different. If you had one do-over in your career, what would that be? I would start selling real estate earlier in my life, sooner. <laughs> You're still very young. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I would have started earlier. Um, and the other thing I would have done was gotten more, a little bit more involved, like with Women's Council, and got to know more of my fellow um, realtors. It, it, I, I found that right now in a competitive market, the people that you've developed a relationship with, you work well with, it's, it's, there's a certain advantage to that right now. I would start my real estate career earlier, and I would hire an assistant sooner <laughs> and a good one someone that knows what they're doing and with a rock solid background making the commitment it was tough for me to do that to make the commitment but life is just so much better now and i think why didn't i do that years ago mine's a little different um most of you know that i i've specialized in foreclosures for years and years and years and love it and i mean it was a plan it was my goal in 1997 to specialize in foreclosures and with that in mind I went to every convention every foreclosure convention I could go to I talked to every bank I could talk to I've worked for most of the banks that are out there still work for quite a few but and that kept me going and still does but through you know through the boom but then as you know there aren't that many foreclosures anymore so I found a few years ago that I needed to start diversifying and start to to sell other things, residential real estate, vacant land, um, more rental properties. Um, so my one do-over would have been that I would have diversified earlier and, and get more involved with new builds or residential or whatever because it's hard later on to, to put yourself out there once once you're known as 
the foreclosure queen. And uh, so <laughs> I, um, I just think 2012 for me was a little bit late. And, and I, I think that you, everybody should keep in mind to don't put everything in new builds or everything in vacant land or residential or commercial, that you need a little bit of diversification to keep you going in, in the hard times. I would have to say hiring assistant earlier would have been my uh, what I would have done as well, uh, do over. Um, very hands-on kind of guy. So even after I have an assistant, I uh, have difficulty not overseeing everything that she does. Um, so still working on that. Uh, the other thing that I would say is uh, just be careful who you partner with. Um, marriage is easy. easy. Divorce is uh, a little more difficult. Um, but other than that, nothing. How many of you in the room are less than one year in the business? Thank you for being here and investing in this wonderful career. This question is for you, those of you that raise your hand. What advice or counsel would you give our members with less than a year in the business? Take accountability for your success. Treat other agents like you treat your clients, they're, they're our family. That's who we're gonna live and work with for years to come. Be committed to your success. Be committed to education. Be committed to self-improvement. Be the best you that you can be and step it up a notch. Don't speak poorly of other agents. It's unethical, unprofessional, and makes you look bad. Work like your life depends on it. Go out and ask for the business. Don't just assume that people know that you sell real estate. Get out there, pound the pavement, do what it takes to get it done. Live with integrity. Live like the type of person and be the type of person that people are gonna to want to hire. Believe you can, get out, do the work, and you'll do great. I think you need to start out kind of with an idea of what perception you want people to have of you. You know, just kind of, I think you really have to take advantage of all the education that we have available, either through GLAR or Caldwell Banker. Um, you go and you get your license, but you really are not ready. And so the more training, the more, uh, more that you ask questions, if you can get a mentor. But I think you just have to, it's really hard to just be too scattered. At first, you take everything you can. But then you have to kind of start to think, okay, and, and as for developing your profile, developing your websites, you have to be consistent, just kind of know where you want to go, whether, you know, whether it's rural properties, horse farms, rentals, just kind of start planning ahead of how you want people to think of you and what you want to specialize in. Uh, it's really hard to do everything well but if you pick a few things that you know you're good at, I think it helps you be successful. The one thing is there are going to be disappointments. And you just have to keep moving every day, get up and reset and redo. You're, you're not going to get every listing. And it, it is disappointing. And you're not going to close every buyer. Uh, the thing you want to, that I try to remember every day is people are going to remember a lot of things about you, but they're never going to forget how you made them feel. And even when you're disappointed and you didn't get that listing or that competitive with another person, that you can still be gracious about it, and they're going to remember how you made them feel. At the end of the day, that's really important. So, But I assure you, for every disappointment you have, you're going to have 10 other successes, and that's how you'll learn. You'll learn more with the successes, I think, anyway, but... I'd say something that Terry touched on, um, I've had mentors along the way. Uh, had a partner that helped me get uh, 
taught me about cold calling, uh, not being scared of the phone. A lot of people are shy when it comes to that. I have mentors currently now, not locally, but a top producer in New York that I talk to weekly, just ask him what's working, what's not. And I've shadowed all of these uh, you know, top producing agents. Whenever I go to a conference, I'm always actually interacting with other agents that are at these conferences and figuring out, you know, how they're doing what they're doing. You know, they're, they're, I sat next to a guy uh, a couple weeks ago that sold 730 houses in 2016. That's an enormous amount of houses, but I said, how the heck did you do it? Um, so learning from other agents that have gone before you and have a success plan is one way that I've done it. Did he answer, I don't know? Because the question will not be posed today, how do you do what you do? Because the answer many times is, I don't know. They're just magical people that have a gift. So that, that question will not be on the table today. But back to advice for newer associates. We were all brand new once, and we feel for you, and we're here to help you. I think what helped me most in the business was right shortly after I got into the business, I started my education program. And I started by working on, uh, well, my first designation was the GRI, the one that we're teaching right here at GLAR this year, the Graduate of Real Estate Institute. And um, it's whatever, it's three weeks at different times. They're coming up with the second one next week. If you want to take something extremely motivating, educational, you get the opportunity to network with other realtors. Sign up for that class. I know there's still room to sign up for that class. I received my GRI. I wore all my pins today because I have lots of letters behind my name. And, and, and for a reason. I mean, it's not braggadocious, but it was all education. It was all about how to negotiate. Um, you know, how to, what do, how do you work with a seller? How do you do all these different things that we need to do? I learned one time, heard one time from, and I think it was Terry Watson, who said, are you selling a house today? Did you sell a house today? Did you make the phone calls that you needed to make? And you say, no, no, I didn't. And he said, well, what are you doing? If you're not doing that, you should be getting educated. Why aren't you getting educated? And, and we, we've talked about that here. You don't even have to come to GAR anymore. You can just take a webinar online. But if you're sitting in your office during the day looking at your phone going, oh, I got to make a call and I don't want to make a call you know what, turn your computer on and find a webinar or a podcast or something that can help you get educated and or come to GLAR. Go to your um, brokerage. I mean, I know all the brokerages. I mean, our brokerage, Keller, teaches a lot of classes. So take that, get involved. Here's my other, my other big clue and then I'm done. Um, get involved. Get involved with your brokerage. I, I, you know, I know you have committees that you can get involved in there. Get involved at GLAR. Get involved with WCR. Stick in the business. I mean, do things with the business because that is true. We, Like Terry said, we network with all these people. And you know what? Those deals go so much smoother when you know the person sitting across the table from you. I mean, when you make a phone call, you can't get mad at somebody you just sat with. You know, it's a nice conversation no matter how bad the deal's going. It's like, okay, let's just make this work. And so I, I just, you know, those are my two things, education and get involved. Chris brought up Terry Watson. Terry Watson, have any of you seen him? Yeah. He is fantastic. He will be here in this room towards the end of June. Look for the sign-ups for that. Stella? My advice to new agents is to uh, learn and ask questions. Find somebody in your office that, that you admire, that does business the way you want to do business, and ask them questions. No two transactions are ever the same. There's, you don't learn in your classes. You learn a lot in education, but doing a transaction is always different, and getting advice, having someone that you can ask questions um, and get advice from is huge. Another thing that I would advise is have good communication. Communication just is key in a smooth transaction. Communication with your clients, communication with the agent on the other side, communication with the lender and the title company. Um, just It takes a little more time and a little more effort to reach out and send that text or phone call or email, but it's so important in keeping the transaction going smooth. Okay. I had one more thing. Smile. Be, be nice to people. Um, you have different comments. Uh, you see people walk by, and you know they're busy, 
but it only takes a couple seconds to smile, greet somebody, the receptionist, you know, whoever, and people will remember that. Absolutely. We have three questions left. The next question is for all of us. Most of us in the room do not conform to a nine to five job, correct? We want to be our own boss. I've asked hundreds of people in my career, why do you want to get into real estate? And I've heard numerous times other than I love homes, I love people, I heard I want to be my own boss. You are your own business within a business, you are your own boss. How's that going for you? I don't get much time off. <laughs> you, you have to become, uh, that's probably my weakness is it's fun, I love it, um, but like people in the office will say, are you still here? You know, so you have to do, you have to set some boundaries. I agree that uh, being your own boss is awesome, and if you have to, you can just get so caught up, especially like Terry says, we love what we do. You know, we could work 24-7 and still actually enjoy it, so you have to schedule time for family and, and relaxation and things like that, but yeah, being your own boss is awesome. So we did have a class that we attended last week, this ninja training. And it was, uh, what I took away from it was really, it really was life-changing for me because I, I do work long hours. I say I work all day, I go home, we have dinner, and then I start the night shift. And, but I like doing that, I like working at home. But uh, that training, um, and I've started it, and I've been doing it every day, is scheduling. We have to schedule time for ourselves. And if you don't schedule time for yourself, you're just not going to take it. So I've blocked out when I work out, when I'm going to send my letters, when I'm going to send my thank yous, and um, the time that I'm with my husband. That's an appointment. And my broker, Bill, told me one time, it's okay to have an appointment with your family or your husband. It's an appointment. It's time to be better. And, and just schedule it in, and you're not going to feel so guilty about it. For me, I would say uh, I am very difficult, or I guess I would say hard on myself. I'm pushing myself every single day, uh, whether it's at work or uh, I like to work out. People that know me, I'm in the gym um, a, f a couple times a week anyway, and I just push myself. If I don't feel like I'm getting sick uh, after I work out, then I haven't pushed myself hard enough. I do the same thing uh, at uh, in my real estate career. I do the same thing interacting with my family. I just want to be everywhere all the time uh it's difficult i too actually pencil in uh lunch with my son or or uh actually my workout is in my schedule my assistant knows that she can't put anything in that spot um so it's 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 key um but i enjoy being my own boss as well you know some days i'm really really good at it and <laughs> and some days i'm not so good at it and that's gonna happen um but I do know that I never wanna. I, ne I never want anybody else to be the boss of me again. <laughs> I learned that. Um, so the the key is the key is what we've been talking about here. You know, set goals, keep organized, and just keep motivated because that's that'll keep you going and that'll keep things on track. And then hopefully, in a, I think in a few minutes we're going to talk about how to balance that whole life, right? And uh, but just you know, set those goals and keep on track. I love to be my own boss. I certainly would not let anyone else tell me to start working from the moment I wake up to the moment I go to bed <laughs> on vacations and everywhere else I go. <laughs> but I love it, and I would not have it any other way. As Chris mentioned, the next question ties in well with being your own boss. The wheel of life, the wheel of success is spirituality, education, career, family, friends, health, hobbies. How do you balance your wheel of life and your priorities and still be top producers? I have no balance in my life. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. <laughs> Thank you for your honesty. 
I'm working on it, and I found out that I have to schedule it, like schedule time with my friends, or uh, I like to travel, but I like to center it around conferences so that it's tax deductible. But I'll have a friend go, I'll have my daughter go, or, you know, family. Um, but it's hard. I mean, I, I found if I make plans, then I'll keep them. If I, if I don't do it, it's not going to happen. Yeah, finding balance is, um, it's a tough one. Um, I work 24-7, and, uh, you know, to, you have to schedule lunch with your daughter, and crazy as it sounds, you know, um, it, you just have to make the time and schedule it or you end up working. I'd say there's no such thing as balance. I think uh, I read a book recently that talked about different seasons in your life where maybe you're uh, really focused on work or really focused on family or really focused on church. Uh, there's just different seasons in your life where you're going to be heavy in different areas. And to try and find balance, uh, I don't know. I haven't figured it out. So if any of you guys have tips, let me know <laughs> for sure. I think the thing that we all have in common is that we want to be so good at what we do and we want to help people. And I, the thing that I'm trying to keep in my heart is that it's not me against everybody, it's me against me. So, you know, have conversations with yourself and what is important and put it on paper, get it in your calendar. I don't have melons much either. <laughs> So I think one of the best things I did when I got, I was in medicine for a long time. And when I got in, and I had to work weekends and nights. And and the, the funny part is, is that I got into real estate because I didn't think I'd have to work weekends and nights. <laughs> I was pretty naive back then. But, um, but once I figured that out, that, oh, yes, you work 24-7, I said, no, no. No, I'm not. I'm not going to work. I'm going to work six days a week, and there's going to be one day off. And I chose Saturdays. I chose Saturdays 30 years ago. And Saturday is pretty much my day off. You have to be pretty special if you want me to show you a house on Saturday or take a listing on a Saturday because there's always tomorrow. I mean, I can do it on Friday or I can do it on Sunday. Why does it have to be on my day off? But So the, Saturday has been my personal day off. Other than that, I... Before I got married, I, were, I was doing everything you guys are doing, working day and night and, and always available. When, um, when, I, when I met my husband seven years ago and then we chose to get married and we have kids, my husband said that you're not going to do this anymore. You cannot work constantly. You have to take time off. And so over the last seven years, and I confirmed this with my husband last night, I said, um, <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, everything is planned. In, I have a calendar, and everything is on there, and family time goes in there first. I mean, the kids' outings go in there, and when we work out at the gym, we go to the, we go to the gym as a family. Everything is put in there. Church, my church schedule's in there. That comes first. Then I'll schedule the real estate around that, and it's on my time. But I confirmed to them last night that I am getting better. I am getting my life more organized and more under control than it's ever been. So there's hope. There really is hope. But just, you know, think about it and plan it like they're saying, and, and don't let it get so out of control that you can't enjoy your family and your faith and your friends, because they're important to you, too. It's progress. <laughs> it's progress, not perfection. And none of you have time to waste. However, everyone on our panel makes time for their priorities. So they have their priorities in order. So yes, the balance is a, a struggle, it's progress, but they always make time for the highest priorities. Our last question today is what three key factors do you attribute to your success? And success is defined many ways. It's very individual to all of us. So in general, what three key factors do you attribute to your success? I think the biggest thing is um, having people trust you. I think most important is communication and letting your, your clients know that you really care about them. Um, and uh, I think respect. I mean, if, if they respect you, they're going to tell other people. 
but I think you have to be friendly and communicate and let them know they can trust you. I agree, and I mentioned it before, communication is huge. Um, open communication, you don't need to be secret. Things don't need to be a secret. You know, communication, key. Um, and then after that, your clients need to really feel that you're working for them. You need to develop a, a relationship that, that, like Terry said, trust. They trust you, and they really feel that you're working in their best interest. And the only way to do that is to truly be working in their best interest as opposed to be working to close that sale and get your commission check. Another thing that um, I think is key is enthusiasm. You know, you're, you're meeting with maybe um, seven different clients a day. These clients that you're meeting with don't, I mean, they might know that, but they don't want to feel like that. They want enthusiasm for their transaction and their home purchase or sale um, enthusiasm. All right. Well, um, my biggest thing, and it's one, two, three through 10, is relationships. I'm a relationship person. I like being with people. I like making them happy. Um, my family, that relationship, all those things. If you can find the one thing that grounds you, that's going to bring everything else to the forefront for you. So for me, it's the relationship factor. Um, with the clients and with the people here, I hope. And uh, that's a biggie for me. The other thing is the balance I work on every day. But I, I feel like I do have it there. But getting into the calendar, that was the big thing for me, is just putting all of my time on paper. I've repeated that. And um, just getting home at earlier time every night I'm trying for. I'd say for us, uh, we are constantly striving to provide uh, just a, a wow experience for our clients. Uh, we do that. There's multiple members on my team. Uh, you know, my one of my newest members had mentioned that we should be pr providing a Disney-like experience, and I like that that saying uh, because when you go to Disney, it's happy, it's fun. You know, you it's memorable. Um, so we do that by constant communication. Uh, we're always looking out for the best interest for our clients and we're, you know, everyone is, you know, we just are always there for them throughout the process and after. I, I, I follow up with every single person after the closing and I can't tell you how many people say, oh, why are you calling me? What, you know, why, why did it, what warranted this? So it's important to stay in constant communication with your, your clients. Well, they've kind of pretty much said it all. Um, First of all, and I didn't say it earlier, but, but when I talked about education, I want to commend all of you for coming today because that shows a lot. That shows that you are true to your career, true to your profession, and true to your clients because you want to learn a little bit more and you want to be up on top. You want to be one of the ones out there that has as much knowledge as you can possibly get from all everybody in the room, all of these mentors everywhere. Um, one thing you need to start very early in your career is your reputation, your reputation as an ethical agent so that nobody ever questions your ethics. And it's been brought up here before and, and somebody said, you know, you don't talk about other people. You know, there's never anything questionable going on because like, like your mom told you and my mom told me, if there's one lie, there's going to be a few more that follow that lie. And I've always kept that in mind. I don't want to be there. I don't want to have to follow that line. So I try to be as ethical as I can possibly be. Um, good communication and follow-up, they've all said that. Willingness to be a good listener and also a teacher. Um, I've never, ever, ever hesitate to, if somebody st stops and asks me a question, I try to answer it. Sometimes I don't have the answer. Sometimes I have to go find the answer. But when, especially like what I do for closures, um, there's a lot of questions and people <laughs> people ask me about foreclosures and people, even agents from other offices call me and say, well, I'm writing an offer. It's not on your listing, but it's on somebody else's listing, but can you just give me some advice? And you know what? I'll do it. I'll do it every time because it, it helps me. It helps me be stronger. It helps me learn something because you know, and I know, every deal is different. So sometimes when they bring a question to me, I'm like, whoa, I haven't heard that one, but let, let's find the answer to it. So, you know, always be there for for you, for your uh, other agents, for your clients, um, be a listener and help them out. And, and I think that's pretty good. I think that's a great start. For me, I have empathy. My clients 
interest, best interest is my number one priority. I never consider commission in a deal. I love on everyone regardless of the amount that they're spending. I have tenacity. I do what I say I'm going to do and I have a sense of urgency and that has resulted in massive referrals to me and I'm absolutely humbled and blessed and grateful for every single client that I have. We're surrounded by amazing agents in this area and when they choose me, I'm truly grateful for it. Thank you. One of the most exciting things about real estate, and I know all of you feel this way, is every day is different. It's never boring. Every buyer's different. Every seller, every property, every transaction is different, and we never really know how our day is going to go until our head hits the pillow. That's exciting. It's rewarding. All of you have set an excellent example for all of us. You're not only top producers in real estate,